Good morning, good evening, and good day. You're listening to Drama Buds, an anima podcast. So hello everyone, welcome to today's episode of Drama Buds. If you did not know, DP Season 2, the Netflix original, it's releasing on July 28th, so this Friday. And, well, I just decided to rewatch the first season because I remembered liking it. That's it. I don't have many thoughts. I don't remember much of it. But in general, I remember rating it highly. But it's been two years. And honestly, Netflix originals have dropped in quality since then. Like, you know how before we used to think, oh, if something is a Netflix original, oh, this is gonna be good. But now it's so saturated that even some of the most random dramas are coming out. So, okay, yeah, sorry. Going back to DP, I just needed to remember what happened, you know, for the sake of plot. And also to decide if it's as good as I thought it was. So basic details, the director, Han Jun-hee, is also a co-writer along with Kim Botong, who actually wrote the original webcomic. And Han Jun-hee, see, if I'm using a director's name, it means they're actually pretty significant. He's credited as the creator of Week Hero Class 1, which checks there are many similarities of DP and Week Hero, you know, in terms of themes and everything. He's mostly a movie director and writer. I think he's involved in Coin Locker Girl and Hit and Run Squad. It stars Jong Hae-in, who I've seen in Something in the Rain, One Spring Night, Prison Playbook, and Go Kyo Wan, who has done mostly movies. And in dramas, I've only seen him in his cameo in Attorney Woo. And as I mentioned, this is based on a webtoon. DP is about An Jun-ho, a soldier fulfilling his mandatory military service, and he's assigned to the deserter pursuit team. He works with Han Hoyol, and you know, in the process of looking for these soldiers to bring them back, they investigate why the soldiers deserted in the first place. Whether it's due to abuse or bullying, you know, because they have someone or something they need to take care of outside the army, or for their personal selfish reasons. Instead of my usual plot and character segment, I'll just recap the first season so you have some idea of what happened if you don't want to rewatch. But hey, I highly suggest you do. You still have some time. So in episode one, we see Andrew Ho enlisting. We see that he isn't really supported by his family. He's kind of estranged from his parents, especially his mom, who he's frustrated with for tolerating his father's abuse instead of just leaving. His street smarts and observational skills are noticed by Park Bomgu, played by Kim Songkyun. So he's transferred from just the military police to the deserter pursuit team with Park Songwoo, played by Go Kyungpyo. Great cameo, by the way. Now, as the DP, they often go out of the base to hunt for deserters. And Songwoo abuses that freedom to, you know, to drink and to party. And he just drags Junho with him. And because they spend all night partying, the deserter that they could have easily caught, like they knew exactly where he would be, and that's why they, you know, were complacent, that deserter ended up killing himself. And Junho now understands the gravity of his duty and his responsibility to bring these soldiers back. 
Episode 2, Junho starts working with Han Hoyol now, Gukyeon's character. And despite seeming like a very unserious guy, as Gukyeon is very good at portraying, Hoyol actually does his job and teaches Junho different methods of finding information about the deserters. Their next case shows a bit more of their investigation process, and they figure out that the deserter was frequently spotted at you know convenience stores and restaurants at the end of train lines late at night because this was the only place that he could fall asleep. And then they found out that he was being bullied by the other soldiers in his uh, his team, his barracks, because he had sleep apnea and he had a noisy like. What's that? A CPAP machine just to sleep? And so, yeah, that's why he was so sleep-deprived that he would fall asleep on trains. But they managed to bring him back and, you know, as they were handcuffing him, they were actually apologizing to him, knowing that he was about to return to an environment where he was being viciously bullied. Moving on to episode 3, I think this is like after a few months uh, of a time skip. So they've got several deserters at this point, so they're given a leave. But Im Ji-sob, played by Son Sok-koo, he's kind of the captain, he's the captain, right? Above Park Bomgu. He wants them to catch more deserters and improve the record of, of their division. So they're sent to Busan to help another DP team catch someone. This time, our guest star is Lee Jun Young playing Jong Hyun Min. Uh, Hyun Min is, you know, not the typical victim of bullying or abuse. He's just deserting because he doesn't want to serve and he can fight his way out of getting caught. But while he's doing so outside the base, he takes advantage of, you know, his father's house and his inability to kick his own son out and takes advantage of his girlfriend, ex-girlfriend's money, played by Won Jian, by the way. I also discovered her here. And the angle of Junho and Hoyol is kind of getting close to the girlfriend in an attempt to fish Hyunmin out of hiding. And this is the case that forces Junho to confront his frustration with his mother and why she continues to stay in a terrible situation. Because it's just like this girlfriend. Why do you keep giving money to this guy who, you know, clearly is bad news, clearly doesn't value you? And yeah, Junho makes that comparison to his mother staying in relationship with his abusive father. Okay, episode 4. The deserter they're chasing now is known for not only caring about money. He's willing to go through really risky training programs just to earn extra money. And so that's kind of one angle that they're studying. Like, why is this guy so desperate for money? And then when they investigate more about his life outside of the base, they find out that he's been working as a demolition worker in the neighborhood where his grandmother with dementia lives. So he could like look after her and still earn money eventually so he could send her to a sanitarium, a hospice, a whatever care facility. So while they're hunting him down, the deserter actually contacted them and told them that he would turn himself in when it was the right time. So when they caught the deserter and fully understood his situation and his plans, Hoyol is the one who set him free. And Junho agreed with him. And, you know, what if this guy doesn't turn himself in? Well, that's a problem for the future. We don't know that. But what we do know is that he really just wants to earn enough money to send his grandmother to a care facility. So let's just trust the guy's intentions. And lastly, episodes 5 to 6 kind of deviates from the episodic pace so far. And it's kind of the culmination of a storyline we've been seeing in the background this entire time. So throughout the episodes, we see Cho Sok Bong 
played by Best Supporting Actor winner, Cho Yun Chul. Like, genuinely, I was betting on this guy to win, and I'm so happy he did. Anyway, so Cho Suk Bong is one of Jun Ho's seniors in the barracks. And we see him just constantly being bullied by the other soldiers in their team. He is a big nerd. You know, he always treated Junho kindly. He even talked about you know wanting to treat his juniors well so that they could learn to treat others well. And then throughout the episodes, you see him getting darker and darker until he's the one beating new recruits up for you know the littlest things, for not remembering what batch or what month this senior came in. He's enforcing seniority the way it's been enforced upon him by his more abusive seniors. The head of the squad, I guess, who bullies him the most, Wang Jiangsu, played by Shin Chong Ho. When that guy is discharged and he doesn't apologize genuinely for all the abuse he's inflicted on Sukbong, Sukbong eventually just goes berserk on another soldier, played by Hong Kyung. You see why I'm mentioning all these names? There are so many actors that two years ago, I did not know at all. But now, I know so many of them. Anyway, moving on. So, Sukbong beats someone up and then deserts, runs away from the camp and looks for Jiang Su to try to kill him. And after a long, long, long chase with the DP team, with the police, with the squad that he lived with and trained with and was bullied by, like, there was a lot going on in this finale. At the end of all of that, he kills himself when he's finally cornered by all those people trying to hunt him down. And Junho breaks down after losing someone who he knew and everyone else knew to be so kind and so patient, right? Someone who was broken by this system, by this culture of abuse. And Sokbong's last words were, if I want things to change... I should at least do something. Which, in hindsight, now that we've seen the trailers for season 2, I think that's going to be the main theme of the second season. So as I was writing this recap for each episode, I realized that every episode as a whole serves a purpose in teaching our protagonist, Junho, something about his duty as a DP soldier. Or it teaches us, the audience, something about the social reality that these characters are in. Honestly, I didn't include a typical plot and character segment the way I normally would in my review recap rant episodes because I think the characters are a little thin, like just just a little bit thin. Just talking about our main two, right? Hoyul has a bit of a background. He's a rich kid who may or may not have gotten into the DP team through his connections, like Songu. I have to admit that his character is only interesting to watch because... Gukyoan is so insanely charming and funny. Junho, though, has a lot more development, right? He seems a little flat. He seems like he only follows along and doesn't act much or do much on his own. But something that I understood better with a rewatch is how witnessing his father's abuse of his mother desensitized him to violence and made him such a good soldier and follower. And I haven't fully fleshed this out, but 
I feel like he's also a representation of the men in Korea, the men forced to enlist who become desensitized to violence in the military. And that's why the last episode, right, the most important episode, is titled Bystanders or Onlookers. I forgot what translation Netflix was using. It seems like everyone is just a bystander to this violence, just watching it happen. And that's what happened to Sukbong, right? Everyone just watched him being bullied. Anyway, when someone as impassive as Junho, you know, explodes with anger, with emotion, when he does something of his own accord, not just following orders, those moments become even more meaningful knowing how desensitized he's already been to violence. So going back to the characters being a little thin, usually I would dislike that about the show because it feels like, oh, so the characters are just plot vehicles. There's no depth to them. They just move so that the plot will move. But I don't feel that way about them and about this show because of how tightly it's written and paced. I don't know if I've discussed this on the podcast before, but nowadays I judge dramas based on three things. Like There are only three things that are really important. Plot, characters, and theme. Execution, directing, and all that other stuff, that's just, you know, cherry on top. But really, those are the three things that matter the most. And if I were to rank them, I'd say plot is least important to me. I can live with a drama that, you know, has great characters and a great message, and the plot isn't much. I could live with that. And great characters can make up for a lack of plot. That's one thing. But the aspect that matters the most to me is theme, which is something that this show does well. So yeah, it lacks in the characters, which is uh, disappointing. But you know, they only had six very tightly written episodes. So they made up for it in the plot and in having a message that they're very confident in. Every scene, every line reveals something about the case they're investigating or about the society and the culture that they live in. So funnily enough... This kind of reminds me of Designated Survivor 60 Days in that aspect. Like, because the plot is so tight, I can forgive so many things. I can forgive not knowing much about the characters. I can forgive some, you know, logical leaps or whatever just because it's so tight. But Designated Survivor didn't pass the rewatch test because when I was rewatching it, I saw more flaws that were initially, you know, buried or covered up by how exciting the plot was, you know, in my first watch. But in rewatching DP, the six episode, 60 minute format shined even more. It was perfectly paced. And even though I felt like they could do another season, it didn't feel like they were gunning for that specifically, right? The way many dramas nowadays, it's obvious that they're trying to set up another season. In DP, it could happen or it could end here. The message is intact. I think I read a review that said the first episodes were more fast-paced and light and exciting, while the last two episodes, the ones focused on Sokbong, kind of devolved into a melodrama. But similar to my feelings about Beef, which I discussed a bit in my Q2 recap this year, the last two episodes were a logical build-up to all the events throughout the show. And that storyline of Sokbong in the background of episodes 1, 2, 3, 4, it had to lead to this explosion of events. The entire time we were watching Sokbong being abused, I knew it had to lead to something. We can't possibly just be bullying this poor guy for the sake of shock value, for the sake of cruelty. It had to be the thematic climax of everything, right? Someone who's known for being so good and gentle was broken by this culture. Even if these men aren't inherently cruel and abusive, 
a system that can normalize cruelty and give them that power without any consequence can turn them into that person and make them believe that this is simply part of life. This is simply how it is to be a man. Something that I really admire about this show is how it balances keeping things fun and exciting and cool, but not compromising the message or the questions that it poses about mandatory enlistment and abuse in the military and how this culture perpetuates itself among men. Like As I said before, every episode builds on to the themes and issues with mandatory enlistment. You know, bullying, using connections to get better positions or to evade it entirely, having to fulfill your duty because there's a huge stigma against men not serving like every other man did. It's, it's a rite of passage for them. And that stuff is heavy. It's heavy. So of course, having, you know, action-packed investigations and charming characters makes it easier to watch. But being too fun and exciting would diminish the gravity of what they're discussing, what they're portraying. So they never forget to bring us, the audience, and the characters back to a more grounded state. You can really feel that in the tonal shift in episode 3. Like the start of it was like super fun and exciting. Hoyol and Junho having fun in Busan on their leave. And then when Junho you know, starts talking to What's her name? Wonjian's character, the girlfriend. Uh, he's reminded of his failure in the very first episode. He's reminded of how important his duty is. And he's also reminded of the fact that this deserter is not a victim of abuse or anything. He's pretty much a scumbag. But he's a scumbag who's ruining the lives of the people outside of the base of this girlfriend, of his dad. So yeah, they still have to do their duty. And speaking of that, so aside from the tone of this show, the motivations of our protagonists and portrayal of their actions also stops this drama from becoming full-blown military propaganda. Because think about it. When your main characters are enforcing the law onto these deserters, there is a tendency for the message of the drama to lean into our protagonists and therefore their jobs and the institutions that they represent are good and right and the law must be enforced faithfully 100% all the time because the law is good and lawbreakers are bad. But let's do an episode-per-episode episode breakdown of how they're kind of discussing the issue of duty here. Our protagonists are doing their job well because we've witnessed the consequences of not doing it, which has happened in episode 1. There are cases when the deserters are victims, like in episode 2. There are cases when the deserters are not victims, like in episode 3. And there are cases where our main characters break the law themselves, like episode 4. In general, and most importantly, there is no righteousness or black and white thinking that what they're doing is right and good and the deserters are bad and must be punished. There is so much 
nuance to the conversation. And all I can hope for is that they continue to maintain that balance in the second season. I'm a little bit confident that the message is still most important to them because even in the trailer, it said, nothing will ever change unless we do something. So as long as it doesn't devolve into gratuitous violence and action, I think I'll be happy. I think I will be happy with whatever season two is going to offer us. So that's it for me today. Just a reminder, DP Season 2 is coming on July 28th, this Friday. Uh, the main four are returning. Jong Hae-in, Go Kyo-wan, Kim Song-hyun, Son Seok-koo. And we have new cast members. Jijini, oh my god! Oh my god, guys! The designated survivor reunion of my dreams! We used to pray for times like these. And Kim Ji-hyun, remember the third one from 39? She's apparently Im Ji-sob's wife. So that's exciting. That makes sense. It makes sense that he would marry a very powerful woman. Good for him. Uh, who else? Trey Hyun Wook, uh, what's his name? Moon Ji Wung from from 2521. Him, he's a soldier here. He's gonna have scenes with Son Soku. And I don't know. I'm just excited. I'm excited. I'm hopeful. I need a drama of the year. I need a drama of the year. I do not have a real drama of the year that I can really confidently say I loved. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm hopeful. And I don't know if you've been keeping track of my episodes, but this part two of my Jonghyun trilogy. Last week I reviewed something in the rain. Next week I will be reviewing One Spring Night. And sadly, I am not in the country when he's going to Manila. So that's how I managed to not end up going to his family in Manila. <laughs> so anyone who's going to Jonghyun, enjoy, enjoy. I will be happy elsewhere. Um, that's it for me today. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you soon. Thanks for tuning in. Feel free to leave a comment, like, subscribe, follow, and tell me what you thought about today's episode. See you soon!